so I have a pinched nerve in my neck. Oh yeah. Yep. It's not been fun. No, I I bet. Yeah, like if I turn my neck too fast or too much, like certain ways, it feels like someone's punching me in the back of the skull, having a little bit of numbness in my shoulder. Great. Can't move certain ways. It sucks. That sucks a lot. Yeah, it does. Yep. So, sleeping's fun. Is it bothering you in your sleep, or...? Um, a bit, yeah, because, like, I've always been a stomach sleeper. Oh, okay, gotcha. So then, like, I have to, like, sleep on my side or on my back to be comfortable. So, it's kind of throwing me for a loop a little bit. That sucks. Yep. Nice cheery notes yep. for the opening of the episode. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Can only get better from here. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Um, James, have you been watching Jeopardy lately? I have not. Well, let's make this three episodes straight. We start with the Jeopardy topic. <laughs> um, what is Jedi Dropouts? Uh, I, that's a good question. What is Jedi Dropouts? <laughs> um, so, if you haven't been watching Jeopardy, this guy James Holzhauer, you must have heard of him by now. Oh, I, I've yeah. heard of him. It's just, I've been working a lot lately, so, and like, Jeopardy comes on the same time my shift starts. Oh, okay, yeah. So, like, I'm just, like, catching bits and pieces as I'm, like coming and going at work so i'll catch like one question here and there yeah yeah um this is it's funny because jeopardy got brought up in our last two episodes and then this guy comes out of nowhere and makes it like impossible to ignore to the point where like non-jeopardy watchers are talking about this guy um yeah he's he's the avengers endgame of jeopardy yeah right (laughs) um so, I'm just going to run through this. Okay. So, for the Jeopardy nerds in the audience, um, you might know some of these names. Previous to James Holzhauer, uh, the record for most money won in a single game of Jeopardy was $77,000, and that was held by Roger Craig. Um, and the other big record, of course, uh, Ken Jennings is known as the greatest Jeopardy player of all time. He, he has the record for the longest streak, 74 games straight he won. And uh, in those 74 games, he set the record for most money won in regular season play of Jeopardy at $2,520,700. So, uh, I haven't seen last night's episode, but I looked up stats just to include it. James Holzhauer last night tied the record for uh, second longest streak in Je- Jeopardy history, 20 games. So, like, Ken Jennings has a huge lead in that one. Um, yeah. In those 20 games, however, he he now has the second most money won on Jeopardy at $1,528,012. Again, he did that in 20 games. Ken Jennings did uh, less than double that in 74. It's crazy. Yeah. Um... And as for Roger Craig's single game winnings at seventy-seven thousand, 
He has beat that record 10 times in 20 games. That's insane. It's crazy. He now has the record. Uh, his his well, he has the top ten uh, highest earnings in a single game. His number one is one hundred thirty one thousand one hundred twenty seven dollars. It's insane. That's insanity. His uh, average per game is almost as much as Roger Craig's previous record. It's absolute insanity. He's blowing away. The history of Jeopardy, pretty much. Um, and he's fun to watch, too. Like, I don't know, he's got a bit of a personality. He uh, He's a sports... He's a, it's a professional sports better from from yeah. uh, Las Vegas. And, uh, yeah, um, I figured I, I figured that was worth talking about. I've, I've watched everything but last night's episode. I've been actually, like, tuning in every night. Um... On NTV of all places, because <laughs> they're the pl- they seem to be the channel that's that's uh, airing it earliest at 8 p.m. Newfoundland time here. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that brings me to my next point. Have you watched NTV lately? I can't remember the last time I watched NTV. Man, it is a fucking trip. Cause that place, like that channel, is a shit show. They like I don't know how they're running it. I don't understand the airing because it's like a show will end, and generally, most channels are like, okay, we have this much time in, in between the conclusion of one show and the airing of the next one, so let's fit these specific commercials in there. And NTV mm-hmm. is like, hey, here's half a music video. And now here's a commercial that's going to cut off halfway through to show the NTV logo for 10 seconds before we go into this next show. It's just like they're cutting themselves off constantly, and I have no idea who's running the place. It is nuts. Yeah. God love. Anyway, welcome to Jedi Dropouts. Um, Been a while. We've uh, been a little bit busy. Yep. But uh, we're <clears throat> recording the first of two episodes today to celebrate our two-year anniversary. What? What? Yeah. Two two years yesterday, actually, uh, was the premiere of our very first episode. That's insane. It it's crazy. Time flies. Like, this is longer than, like, 90... 90- nine percent of my relationships yeah yeah the only relationship i've had longer than this i married her um yeah so yeah that's uh it's crazy um i'm currently in only my second relationship to make it past the two-year mark so yeah yeah um and you're marrying her too i am and uh, speaking of which, uh, you may have uh, a sort of best man involved in that. Not uh... yeah. Um, gonna get the dog all dressed up in a suit. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. I recently, when Ryan and I attended Avengers Endgame, I asked my co-host to be my best man. Fuck yeah. 
Yep. And it is going to be a time we're going to have a bachelor party, not with strippers. No. No. With tacos and X-throwing. And tacos is not a euphemism. Uh, nope. <laughs> no, I gotta say, man, that was pretty slick to uh, to ask me in the movie theater before Avengers Endgame. I mean, movie theaters are one of my favorite places on Earth. Uh, so that was, that yep. was pretty awesome. And uh, Right? Like, I mean... We host a podcast about, like, geek and nerd culture. Both of us just love movie theaters. Like, I was like, fuck yeah. Yep. It was probably, like, easier to figure out, like... Well, it was definitely easier to figure out, like, that's the right time and place to ask Ryan to be my best man than it was to figure out when to ask Emily to marry me. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, probably wouldn't have had the same effect on her. <laughs> no. no. Um, so now the only issue is I have to figure out a way to end a best man speech that isn't something something dropout because <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if everyone there would quite get it, but nobody there would get no, it. No. Emily and Charlotte would be like, cool you guys are fucking idiots (laughs) yeah yeah pretty much and other than that everyone would just be like is is he having a stroke (laughs) like should we call the paramedics Uh, yeah happy birthday long shanks okay so we got some stuff to talk about today. Just oh. just work as many like movie quotes and references in there as possible. Oh, I'm actually I'm actually considering that one. Uh, stuff I can slip by. Yeah. Oh, I I think that's a must. Yeah. Like even if I'm the only one there who gets them. Yeah. Yeah. Like. Yeah, I'm gonna work on that. Um. So. In the first of two episodes, uh, we got some stuff to talk about today. We saw some stuff. Uh, we got some mailbag questions here, some news to talk about. Yep. Uh, second episode, of course, being entirely an Avengers Endgame review. Uh, so we won't say a yep. word about that in this episode. Uh, let's see. Let's yep. touch on the news first. Got a little tiny bit of news here. Um in our recent... Yep, tiny little bit of nudes. Yes, tiny nudes. Um, yep. Very, uh... <laughs> like, like minuscule, pixelated nudes. Um, so <laughs> in our... It's the only way I know how. <laughs> Damn right. In our uh, recent episode, we uh, talked about James Gunn's Suicide Squad movie, and we debated some casting of that. Well, uh... They've casted some of those characters already. Um, they have casted Polka Dot Man. He's going to be played by... I, I don't know how to pronounce this name right. David Dasmelchian. Das uh, he's best known as Kurt in Ant-Man. Um, he's the third guy in the in Scott Lang's little posse. Alongside yep. Michael Pena and uh, T.I. And yeah, T.I.? Right? Yeah, the third guy, the uh, the Russian guy. Yeah, he's going to be the polka dot man in James Gunn's Suicide Squad, and I think that could be interesting. I don't like. I mean, I don't have a big sample size to pull from on that guy, 
but uh, he's been entertaining when I've seen him. Um, and secondly, the female rat catcher is going to be played by pretty much an unknown. Um, she's a Portuguese actress named Daniela Melchior, and this is her first time in an English film. So, complete unknown here, which, I mean, seems like a good pull. Seems like a good idea. I kind of like that, though, because, okay, Ratcatcher isn't that well-known of a character mm. amongst, like, casual fans. Yeah. Like, big-time DC fans probably know a ton about it, but, like, I'll admit right now, I know pretty much nothing about Ratcatcher. No, me either. So, plus, I, I've i been a fan lately of them, like, of just, in general, casting virtually unknown people and giving them their big break. Yeah, I like that. Because, I mean, like, yeah, she might not be the best, but what if she is? Like, what if she's a fantastic actress and this is, like, what gets her foot in the door for a lot of big production English films? Exactly. Yeah. Someone's got to be the first, right? Someone's got to be the first to to cast cast one of these actors in an English film. So, exactly. I guess we'll find out. Uh, I trust James Gunn. His casting is usually spot on, anyway. Yeah. Uh, oh. Speaking of the guns, yes. did you see the uh, video that Chris Pratt took on set? Yes. Of. Endgame? I did, yeah. The only thing I'm going to say about it is, like, as he's panning around, like, showing the cast of the movie all just, like, hanging out on set, all the big stars that everyone expects to be there, you got, you know, Chris Evans, Chris Hemsworth, you got Robert Downey Jr., everyone like that, and then it pans over to Sean Gunn, and he's just, like, pretty sure I'm the most famous person here. <laughs> and I almost did a spit take. Yeah. Um, so, in other movie news, um, did you happen to catch the trailer for Sonic the Hedgehog? Oh my god. <laughs> we gotta talk about this. It, the okay. internet blew up about it. Um, I don't even know what. what so, <clears throat> what are your thoughts on this thing? Um, the very end, we had Jim Carrey kinda looking a bit like how I pictured Robotnik, yeah, or Eggman, or whatever you want to call I, him. I, I, In the credits, he's yeah. they're going. With Robotnik? Is it? I thought I saw Eggman, Eggman in the credits. Uh, I thought on... No, I checked IMDB, and that's where it said Dr. Ivo Robotnik. Oh, okay. Well. Anyway, whatever you want to call him. Um... But, like that one scene in the movie where he's like, not 
with like looking like the classic Robotnik. Like, I think it's the scene in the trailer where he's shooting all those missiles at Sonic, and it shows him like in the cockpit wearing like that red leather jacket. He looks like Freddie Mercury trying to go as Michael Jackson for Halloween. <laughs> yeah. Um. I don't know, man. Uh, I'm, I'm still of the mind that I think this movie could be fun, but I don't expect it to be good. If you know what I mean. <laughs> like. Yeah, I think this movie's just gonna be fucking a two-hour cringe fest. Like, I don't know. I'm I'm not I'm not completely out on this movie. Like, I think the the Sonic design I think looks fucking awful. I really don't like that design. Um, yeah, but aside from that, I don't know. It 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 looks like a bit of like sort of cheesy. Um, almost like B movie fun. Like, if you if you... I think it's gonna be like Street Fighter the movie. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, I'm trying to think of a good comparison. Um, is that your dog drinking? Yes, it is. <laughs> Two rooms over, yes. <laughs> She's still going. Hold on. She needs to refill the tank so she could go outside some I more. I swear to God. <laughs> it's amusing me. Yep. Okay, yep, and just drip the water all over the house. There we go. So I'll say it right now to anyone listening. If you happen to hear a dog in the background, it's because my dog, for once, is not sleeping through the episode. And it's being a noisy little shit. Um, so apologies. For once, it's your dog up and on the go, and my dog's asleep. Yeah. Revolt. The roles are reversed today. Uh, yep. So this Sonic the Hedgehog movie... Um, I mean... Props for using Gangsta's Paradise by Coolio in the first trailer. <laughs> but you know what? Like, um, if I'm going to be associating Gangsta's Paradise with any, like, poorly done movie, oh, okay, it's yeah. going to be The Green Hornet. Because that scene where Brit and Kato are in the car yeah, and they yeah, pop fair. on the record and they're just like jamming um, to it there's one other thing I was going to say and I'm trying to remember what it was okay okay one thing I think we can definitely agree on uh, I think the tagline every hero has a genesis is fucking brilliant I think that's yeah yeah I think that's great um, yeah because of Sega Genesis yeah. yeah, that that like, was the I, one part okay. that got Detective me like Pikachu happy looks about like that it's trailer. Be a fantastic movie, like an undeniably good movie. This looks like 
Yeah. It's not going to be Excuse well me. done. It's not like I, you know, I wouldn't hire anyone behind the making of this movie, but I feel like, I feel like I could have fun not taking this seriously. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm still on board for it, and honestly, if this is what it takes to get Jim Carrey back into his zany comedic ways, then fucking, I'm all on board. If this is what it takes, because you know I miss I miss the old Jim Carrey. Yeah, I miss Ace Ventura, the Riddler, the Mask, Jim Carrey. Yeah, Dumb dumber. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, that is the thing. I, me, and Mitchell chatted about it too. I, I should throw Mitchell's two cents in here. As Mitchell's probably a bigger Sonic, not, not probably. He's definitely a bigger Sonic fan than either one of us. Um, yeah, he's he's the Sonic expert of the group. Yeah. Uh, let's see. He said that he went from unsure to strongly unsure. And how the trailer seems to go back and forth from, ooh, that looks good, to, oh, that looks terrible. Um, really like the look of uh, Dr. Eggman. Did not like his lines as much. And that overall he's expecting something to kill an hour and 20 minutes or so. And, you know, maybe a few laughs, maybe a few groans. Yeah, I, that's kind of what I'm thinking. Like, there's going to be some painful, like cringeworthy shit but maybe there's going to be some fun to be had from it I don't know yeah I don't know if I would go I don't know if you know what maybe I would buy a movie ticket I think I'd buy a movie ticket if you had like the right crowd who were in in the mood to go laugh at something like it it almost seems like a good sort of like uh, mystery science theater riff track sort of thing so bad it's good maybe Anyway, that is what it is. Yeah, it's... I just, <laughs> I don't know. I know. And the only thing about that is I hope that, I hope it doesn't, like, do so well that they're like, oh, let's let's do more of these. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just, I kind of want, like, if they're going to do a Sonic movie, I want there to be Tails and Knuckles. Which, it doesn't look like there's going to be in this movie. At least not from what's been released yet. Post-credit scene. <laughs> what, leading up to a second one? I don't know. Maybe. I, I doubt they spend this much money in a movie without expecting to make sequels. Return on investment, right? Yeah, I guess. But then, like, The Amazing Spider-Man 2 was very obviously like they weren't even hinting they were just like we're gonna do a Sinister Six yeah. and then that didn't happen yeah well see that's the thing a lot of these movies now they'll they'll build the 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 lead up to a sequel into the movie in hopes that it does well enough that they can afford to do a second movie yeah just like uh, that Power Rangers movie from a couple years back I don't know if they're ever doing a second one but the the end of the movie hinted at the Green Ranger. Yep. I don't know if they'll ever do a second one. Actually, that movie wasn't bad. 
I didn't hate it. No, I, I uh, the second half, like the first half was like, uh, okay, whatever. But once they actually went full ranger and and the, like the the actual fight scenes started happening, I thought it was a really fun movie. Yeah. Anyway, that's something for a different day. We are a Star Wars named podcast, and we never get to talk about Star Wars until today. <laughs> Well, yeah. not until today. First we, time ever. Yeah, first time ever. We definitely did not do an entire Star Wars episode last year. Um, but no, we, we, we like, we've only talked about Star Wars like, I don't know, maybe half a dozen episodes tops. Unless you talk like little bits of news and stuff. Um, but the trailer just recently dropped for Star Wars Episode Nine. We got yes a title. We got some very uh, some surprising news. Some oh my god, I can't speak. We got some surprising news from that trailer. Um, I will yep. say, I'm gonna I'm gonna issue a spoiler warning for a trailer. I've never done that before. If you are a Star Wars fan and you have not seen the trailer for the new Star Wars. Go check that out before listening to this next bit because they revealed the return of an unexpected character in this trailer and it is fucking awesome. Pause here, watch trailer, come back. Okay, so you're back. You've watched the trailer. How cool is that? <laughs> um, so Palpa- <laughs> fucking Emperor Palpatine is coming back somehow. Yeah. Um, unclear yeah. in what form. Is he alive? Is he... Uh, a f- just a force ghost yeah who knows um, piss off ghost <laughs> yeah um, oh my god that's a movie I want to see I want to see Korg in a Star Wars movie mm. yes please yeah um, so the title what do, you, what do you think of this title The Rise of Skywalker um this is supposed to be the last Star Wars movie. Yeah. And I don't know if The Rise of Skywalker is really the right title for a last movie. It sounds kind of like the second to last movie to me, based solely on the title. Yeah, I I, I, I will say I called... Plus where, plus where Luke did his whole Houdini act at the... Like he just poofed out of his shorts at the end of the last one. Yeah. So, I don't know, but the title I'm kind of like iffy on, but the title's the only thing about this movie I'm iffy on. Yeah. Everything else I'm just like, take me now, I'm lubed up and ready. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Um, I don't know, it's it, it is interesting that this is the first movie to have Skywalker in the title. Uh, I mean, we've had Sith, we've had Jedi, we've had Force, we've had a lot of these. Um, we've had Empire, you know, we've had a lot of these uh, big Star Wars keywords in titles. But clones, clones, exactly. Uh, um, of of yes. <laughs> The, um, yeah. So I, I mean, 
for starters, I called the the rise of part. I didn't get Skywalker, but you know. Um, I'm just curious, who is this Skywalker? Because, like, the first place your mind goes, and I think the first place a lot of people's mind went was, okay, so Rey is secretly a Skywalker. Which people have been speculating at. And honestly, if they if they do that, if they backtrack on the last movie and make Rey a Skywalker, I will be fucking pissed. I will not be happy with that at all. I want her to be a solo. I I want her to be a nobody. Because the mess well, the mess if she's gonna if she's gonna be anyone. Yeah. Make make her a solo. No, honestly, honestly, it, like I'm not saying my word is the final word, but if they make her related to anybody else in this Skywalker saga, I'm out. I'm pissed. Because the message of anybody can be a hero, a hero can come from anywhere, is one of the best messages I've ever heard in a Star Wars movie. And it's so strong, it's so meaningful, that she came from nothing and is the hero of of these movies. So to just backtrack on it and be like, oh, but also you're related to this handful of people. Like, yeah, you've got this fucking huge galaxy, you've got this sprawling saga why the fuck does everyone have to be related to like three families like no it doesn't have to be at all um that's just my thoughts on it a lot of people were pissed that she was a nobody but like you know if if she has like no lineage that we can see just this notable character that comes out of nowhere and before the point she appears on screen, we know virtually nothing about her. I mean, look at what I keep saying about this upcoming Joker movie. That I think Joker is best when we don't know his origin story. We don't know where he came yeah. from. Yeah, yeah. He's just this force that comes out of nowhere. And... like. You don't need to know exactly where Joker came from. Just like you don't need to know exactly where Ray came from. Yeah, you're not wrong. I mean... Um... I'd, like... That being said, like... If we do get her backstory and she is tied to one of the... Like... Few families we know in the Star Wars universe, like... I'd rather it be Solo than Skywalker. Which, I mean, really technically also makes her a Skywalker. Yeah, exactly. Because then she would be Leia's kid. Um, Yeah. So there's no getting around Uh, it. If if she's related to anyone aside from fucking R2-D2, she's a fucking Skywalker. (laughs) <laughs> that that yeah. I'd be interested in. I, w- I want to hear the story where R2 fucked somebody. Yeah. I want to hear the story where R2 fucks. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, so, the second candidate here that I guess is also a popular theory is that Kylo is the Skywalker and that, I mean, technically he is of Skywalker lineage, 
Um, and maybe he'll like he'll have the opposite arc of Anakin from the prequel, where Anakin went from like and, innocent I mean, to murdering children. Yeah. 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 So like he's he's gone back and forth. He's been struggling with the light and the dark for a while yeah. here. Um so maybe maybe he takes on the Skywalker name, which seems a little strange considering Ben Solo. He his last Yeah. But I don't really know exactly how that would work. Um and I have uh, one theory I read online that I kind of like, and another one that is my personal, uh, my personal thoughts here. So, in the trailer, um, with the reveal of Palpatine, we get the line, um, "Oh shit! What is the exact wording? Is it no one is ever truly gone? Yeah, is that what it is? Yeah." So maybe this rise of Skywalker is Anakin. Maybe, maybe we're getting some sort of, I don't know, Force Ghost Anakin or like a zombie Anakin. I don't zombie know. Anakin would be tight. But the thing is, if we get a zombie Anakin, would he be bad or good at this point? Because he he had a uh, a sort of redeeming ending just before his death he he died a good guy so he wouldn't necessarily be a villain that'd be interesting what if he's just i'm just going way left field here but what if he's a neutral force that's not good not bad but he just like He's drawn to the force and he just like basically just like people who are strong with the force. He basically just wants to like suck their Whoa. just like ability to use the force. That's interesting. Just feeds on the midichlorians. Interesting. And I, what, I don't with... know. Maybe, maybe I've been watching too much Flash where <laughs> you've just got like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or like. In Legends Tomorrow, you got Time Wraiths and shit like that. Yeah. Um, Just it doesn't matter if you're good or bad. You're you're busting through time. They're coming for you. Yeah. Um, Just these ghost-like beings. That could be interesting. And also with the return of Palpatine, it's really hard to say if if Anakin is back. Like, what kind of influence will Palpatine have on that? Or maybe he comes back just because Palpatine's back, and like Palpatine comes back as like a Force ghost. So Anakin's like, "Motherfucker, I killed you once. I can kill you again." Yeah. And the thing about it is, in the Last Jedi, we saw through both Yoda and Luke. No, not sorry, not Luke. Uh, just just Yoda. That Force ghosts can interact with physical objects. So, yep. you know, like, uh, it's it's interesting. There's a lot of options here. It doesn't just, like, I think that, uh, I think that title is a little mis- misleading. I think yeah. it's a bit of a red herring. 
Um, Could be. And here's my here. Agent McGuffin. <laughs> here's my last one. Here's my last one. This one I read online. This I can't take credit for this. I have I f- forgot to uh, write down who actually came up with this theory, but I like it. Um, you notice in the title it's the rise of Skywalker, not the rise of the Skywalker. Like Skywalker is almost used as a blanket term. So what if it's yep. plural? What if Skywalker becomes, and this is a theory, what if they, just like Luke wanted, the Jedi are completely dismantled, there are no more Jedi, and Skywalker becomes a term to use in place of a Force user for the good? That's interesting. So Rey could technically not be related, but could be the first... Sky of of the Skywalker, and that is the term pluralized. That's interesting. Yeah, I, I kind of like that. <clears throat> or, what if Skywalker Ranch, like the main <laughs> yeah. building, is actually just like the head of a mech that mostly lives underground, and it finally like awakens and comes up out of the ground, and it just goes and destroys the Empire. I love that. <laughs> I hope that is true. Skywalker Ranch is secretly just a Megazord. Some, somewhere, J.J. Abrams is listening to this podcast and being like, shit, we gotta do reshoots. <laughs> Skywalker Ranch is the new Death Star. <laughs> uh, I, also, I also like the, um, the breakdown of that trailer that shows a couple shots that kind of hint at... Um, the remains of the Death Star crashed on a planet. I like yep. that. And I mean, Lando's back. Everybody. I was just about yeah. to say that. Lando. Yeah. You think you think he's gonna die in this movie? It's possible it, because <clears throat> we've had. It seems just like all the classic characters are dying off. Yeah. Like we got Han, we got Leia, we got. Luke. So, I mean, maybe it's Lando's yeah. turn. I don't know what they're gonna do with Leia exactly. I'm curious to see exactly how that worked because apparently they just used footage they had that they didn't use from from the Last Jedi and built a storyline around it. So, yeah, should be interesting. Whatever they do, I'm probably gonna shed a tear oh, or two. That's what happens. Yeah. So, we're very excited for that, obviously. And we have, yes, we have we many is. months to wait for it. Yep. Um This is a this is a big year for like the Seven to yeah, be exact. We have, this is a big year for the conclusions of, of like long stories. Yeah. Uh I realized that Avengers, uh Star Wars, Game of Thrones are all coming to an end in the same year. Among yep. other things. Um, let's see. Okay. That's that's it. That's all I got there for the news. Um, now yep. we're going to move into the territory of our listener question from the last episode that I completely forgot to post until yesterday, even though the episode's been up for a while. <laughs> um, that's totally on me. 
Um, so we kind of asked around for some business as usual here at the Bald and Beard Show. Yep. <laughs> I like that. I like that term, the Bald and Beard Show. It's good. Um, <laughs> so we posed the question: uh, Who is your favorite movie? Uh, oh my God, how do I even phrase it? Your favorite female movie hero or your favorite movie heroine of all time? Um, we do have a few answers here. Uh, let's see. From Facebook, we got Robin Battis says Tank Girl. Um, have you ever read or watched any Tank Girl? No, I have not. I'm, I haven't seen any. I, I don't really have much to say about Tank Girl other than I'm really interested in the comics because I know uh, this, it's the same artist that designed the gorillas. Like the band. Oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, I forget his name. It's like Jamie something. Um, anyway, Tank Girl is supposed to be pretty badass. So that's, that's, a, that's a good left field answer. I like that one. Nice. Um, my final forum co-host, Mitchell Clark, um, said he's going to be predictable and uh, say Princess Leia. Because, of course. I mean, it's mm-hmm. impossible to argue with that one. It really is. For sure. <clears throat> uh, Luke LaRue says Zoe yep. Washburn from Firefly. And technically, Firefly is a TV show, but they made a movie called Serenity, so that totally counts. Um, yeah. And Zoe Washburn is fucking awesome. I love Firefly. I really do. Uh, she is. It's a solid yeah, answer. And, and she, like, on a, on a crew filled with other men. And who like the captain is a man, the pilot is a man, the 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 big tough burly man who I forget what his actual job is. She is still the most competent and the like the the best soldier among them, and the one with the, the easily the smartest and probably the most skilled. She like stands head and shoulders above the rest of them. Which is pretty cool. Um, Firefly has some really great female characters, actually. Uh, let me see. Now, so we were short on answers, so you asked Emily for one, and I asked Charlotte, because, honestly, we needed more female input on this. Yeah. Um, so I, I was talking to Charlotte this morning before she left for work, and she couldn't think of ones from a movie offhand, but... Uh, she would like to put a shout out for Arya Stark from Game of Thrones in here. Um, nice. So while it's a TV show character that came from a book, like technically, I guess you could argue that some Game of Thrones episodes are the length of movies, and some Game of Thrones episodes have been released in theaters. So maybe there's a fine line there. Um, yeah. Arya Stark is a fucking badass. And if I had thought of her, she would have been on my list for sure. Um, I won't get into any spoiler territory. I'm going to talk about Game of Thrones a little bit later on. But she pulled off some crazy shit on the most recent episode. Um, oh, and also Charlotte says, shout out to Moana. Because Moana Moana's nice. fucking awesome. That's a great movie. Um, you got an answer from Emily there? I... I asked Emily, like, as we were, like, going to bed last night, which, like, I was barely conscious when she 
gave her answer because she actually took some time to think about yeah. it. And she said, like, at first, like, she wanted to say Captain Marvel. Okay. Because, like, we had recently seen that movie, like, when it came out in theaters. Emily really enjoyed it. Um, you know, very powerful. And, you know, like, we, we both enjoyed that movie quite a bit. But she said, that seemed too obvious. Okay, yeah. So she wanted to take some, like, she wanted to take some time and think about it. So she took about a half hour to think about, like, female characters from movies that she liked a lot as she was growing up. Okay, yeah. Not just one we've seen recently. And her answer really surprised me. She said Elle Woods from Legally Blonde. Oh, that's a good answer. Because she was just like, here's this girl who everyone's just like, no, you're you're too dumb. Like, you don't fit, like, in with this. And you've got this dude who's just, like, kind of talking down to her and being like, no, cute little girl, stay in your lane. Yeah. And then she just fucking steps up and just, you know, basically just gives them all the finger and it's just like, watch me. Yeah. And, like, even though she's legally blonde, so she's just, like, you know, supposed to be just, like, a bit of an airhead or whatever. Like, you know, she was, um, you know, Emily saw her as an inspirational figure in her early teen years. And she was, like, hey, like, she's being told she can't be a lawyer because she doesn't, you know look and sound like all the other ones but she did it anyway and she was good at it so I mean maybe I could do whatever I want too that's a solid answer I know yeah. right um, like she said L Woods and I was like okay and then she explained yeah. it and I was just like fuck that makes a lot of sense yeah. also name one other person who managed to get a law degree popularize the bend and snap and date Luke Wilson Right? right? <laughs> I, I sure as hell didn't I, do I it. I mean, I dated Luke Wilson briefly, but neither of the other ones. Um, no. I tried to popularize the bend and snap, and just I didn't just... didn't go anywhere. Just didn't catch no. on. Not enough snap, too much bend. <laughs> uh, that movie is fucking hilarious, but also, I, I gotta say, it's uh, it's an underrated comedy. Um, and on that note, my dog is oh, awake. Hey, wow, what timing? Mine just started snoring. Uh, it's like they, right. I they told can't you both be awake or asleep at the same time. They they take shifts. They're like the yin and yeah. yang. Like your dog is like very hefty, yeah. and <laughs> my dog is very very thin. very thin. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're both do you white. Think maybe that our dogs are somehow like force connected, like like Ray and Kylo. Are they Maybe. are they communicating somehow, and like <laughs> probably deciding which one gets to annoy the other one during recording? I was I was gonna say they're basically like the yin and yang yeah, of each other. Yeah. Um, so we did our top fives for female movie heroes. Um, yes, obviously inspired by Captain Marvel's release and. 
even more so like just important based on some recent events through movies and TV that won't get into because spoilers and whatnot. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I, I think this is this is a topic that's pretty important that we really should talk about just because in terms of the heroic action star well I mean they don't have to be actions Elle Wood totally counts um, but being the the hero of a movie is something that women don't get to do as often as they should um, it's no. catching on more now way way more and that's great um, but for a very long time that was not the case um, so we're just going to list off our top fives each I got a couple honorable mentions here as well um, okay. So I'm just gonna I'll go through mine. You go through yours, and we'll discuss where we where we want to. I guess. Uh, honorable yeah. mentions for me: Hit Girl from Kick Ass, because what's more empowering than a tiny little girl slicing and dicing gangsters and just absolutely brutalizing grown men? Um, yeah, Fuck yeah, fucking. Hit Girl, played by Chloe... Was it Chloe Grace Moretz, I think is her name? I yeah. think so. I, I love Kick-Ass, by the way. It's a great movie. Um, Hermione Granger did not quite make my list because... I don't really know why. I just, she just got bumped out based on the other ones on my list. I mean, she's easily... I think she's easily the most competent person in the Harry Potter universe. And... I mean, she's she's a young girl. For the most of this, she's she's a child, mm-hmm. really. Um, and yep. there's a lot to be said that there, and there's there's been a lot of div- uh, a lot of talk about her in terms of J.K. Rowling in general. Everybody knows who she is. I don't really need to explain that one. Um, and the last yeah. one, based entirely on one scene, one line, is Eowyn from Lord of the Rings, A.K.A. the I Am No Man. From Return of the King, that that yep. was a fucking awesome scene, and almost made the list based on one line, and that is it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Anyway, my top five. Uh, number five is the Bride from the Kill Bill movies. That's one I'm expecting nice. maybe made your list. Um. Those movies are just awesome and. You have a woman who was the victim of a brutal assault just seeking revenge for two movies straight and kicking the ever-loving shit and killing everything in sight. Um, yeah. I, I, and, and Uma Thurman is fantastic in everything she's in anyway. Um, number four, I have Mulan. Because that is one of my favorite Disney movies. I think me and you were chatting about that the other night. Uh, before yep. Endgame, somehow. Um, Mulan is great. Um, I think the whole story is fantastic. This this girl steps up and takes her father's place in, a, in, in the draft for the war. Uh, to fight for the Chinese army. And uh, basically the whole thing is just... The whole movie is just... Uh, the it's it's put, shutting down the stigma of of you can't do that you're a woman and it's like no fuck you she's gonna do it better than all of you um and she did she 
I just remembered when Emily was describing why, like, when you said this fuck you mm -hmm. thing, I just remembered when Emily was describing why Elle Woods was one of her favorites, or her favorite, she quoted um, Rage Against Machine with fuck you, won't do what you yes. tell me. <laughs> oh, that's good. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Um. Yeah. But yeah, back yeah. to. No, that's that's awesome. I I love Rage Against the Machine. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Number three. You're talking about M Mulan. Yeah. No, yeah. well, I, I had I said what I, I had to say about Mulan. Mulan is a great character from a great movie. Um. Yep. And I think they're working on a live action version, which should be interesting. Um. I'd be surprised if they yeah, aren't. I think they're doing a live action version of just about everything now. Um, yep. Number three, I said Ray from Star Wars: The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi. Um, nice. I thought about putting Princess Leia on this list, and while Princess Leia is a solid option, um, Ray kind of defied more odds, came from a rough upbringing, and is. Basically, is is standing head and shoulders. Oh my God, I just I just used that phrase twice. I'm not gonna say that. Um, <laughs> she came from a rough upbringing and kind of defied expectations. in In the first movie, you're 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 seeing Finn. You expect Finn to be the big hero, or you expect uh, Poe Dameron to be the big hero, and Ray kind of steps forward and goes toe to toe with Kylo, and I don't know. There's something to be said about that. Uh, this this franchise that is like the biggest sci-fi franchise of all time. She is the very first female Jedi. Um, yeah, and not just that, with but with all the all the hate that's come from. Well, there's been other female Jedi, haven't there? Like in Episode two and three, you could see. Yeah, you know, but okay, okay. But the first one to really be yes, focused the first, on. Sorry. That's you're right. Um, besides uh, the extended universe and the cartoons and the the prequels and so on, um, Ray is the first Jedi female Jedi to be focused on as a protagonist and to be a main character. And I think I think it's a big deal. And especially with a lot of the the sexism and the toxicity in fandom today, I think it's really important. Okay. Um, number two and one were really close. Um, okay, so number two, I said Furiosa from Mad Max Fury Road, be because nice. she literally stole the movie straight from underneath uh, Tom Hardy. Um, you go into this movie thinking, oh yeah, Tom Hardy's the new Mad Max, and like Tom Hardy's great in the movie. Don't get me wrong, but he's he's kind of stumbling through the movie. Mad Max is not the big hero. He's not the one who saves the day. Furiosa is the badass. Furiosa is way more competent. Um, Furiosa is just kicking the shit out of everybody. And it's yeah. her movie. Like, it, it, I think that Charlize Theron is the main actor in this movie, more so than Tom Hardy. Um, she absolutely steals it. And it's a great movie. Um, yep. I, I, I would love to see a spin-off of that movie just uh, focused on Furiosa, honestly. 
Um, and my number one is a little bit of an oddball choice, but I think she's maybe the most important female hero we've ever had. Uh, and that is Uhura from Star Trek. Um, which technically, I guess, is a TV character, but, you know, she's been featured in enough of the movies that, um, it counts. Um, yeah. But back when the original Star... I'm going to talk about the TV show a little more so than anything here, but back when the original Star Trek series aired, um, Uhura was the very first uh, black female lead in a TV show. That, nev- that never happened before. And not only that, but she was uh, involved in the very first interracial kiss shown on television. Um, she made strides for women on television and, and in movies. She made strides for, for uh, African Americans in television and movies. And not only that, but Michelle Nichols, um, the actress... She she got involved with NASA and she started getting more and more women involved in science. Um, she encouraged young girls to get involved in science, and she like to to have her as um, I forget the ex- I'm I'm not the biggest tricky, so I don't remember exactly what her title was off the top of my head. I, I feel like she was um, I gotta look that up. And I know I know all the trekkies are are shaming me here. Um, she was let me see what is the title one second I gotta get this here can't find it um yeah she's a translator and communications officer specializing in linguistics cryptography and philology whatever that is um, basically, she's one of the smartest people on that ship. And to have, at that time, a black woman on screen being one of the intelligent people that you go to for information, it, it's huge. It's, like, the impact that she had, not just on television and movies, but on society and on on culture, on... on women and in science is it, it was groundbreaking and that is that is yeah. why she gets my number one spot I, I put her above my own fandoms a little bit even though I do love Star Trek and I do love Michelle Nichols as Uhura in the original series as well as Zoe Saldana as uh, Uhura in the the new trilogy I do really enjoy the character and that is my list so you go right ahead my list, uh, there is a little bit of similarity, mm-hmm. I will say. Um, let's get it up here. All right. My list, uh, let's see, let's start from number five. I also said Beatrix Kiddo. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yep. Yeah. Um, not going to double down on why because you already discussed her. Yeah. Number four, Leia Organa. Good, good pick. 
I mean, I'd say most people saw this coming from at least one yeah, of us. Yeah, of course. And it was it was Mitchell's yep. pick. So I'll get into some of my other ones. Uh, most people who know me know I'm a big horror buff. So for number three, I, I reworked my top three a little okay. bit. Was tossing them around a little bit. Number three, I said Laurie Strode. Nice. Um, there was a while where I wasn't a very big fan of Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, I get that. I was there at one point as well. Um, the first Halloween, she was fantastic. Second one was all right. Halloween H two O was. You know, good again. And Halloween Resurrection, I was just kind of like... Like, when she died at the beginning, I was kind of like, cool. But then in the new Halloween... Yeah. Goddamn. Yeah, I was going to ask that, actually, how much... uh, How much of an impact the new one had on your thoughts on Laurie Strode? The new one brought her back around for me. Yeah, I, I think that one is maybe my favorite. Honestly, I think that's maybe my fa- favorite Jamie Lee Curtis movie ever. I yeah. Think, or, or at least my favorite now, performance. Halloween H2O is one of my favorites in the series, which I don't know if that's the most popular of opinions, but, like, you could see the signs of, like, the PTSD there, and she's just like trying to live this new life as a mother as like the headmistress of a private school but like it's around halloween and you know that's a big trigger for her and the kids in costumes and she's trying to like self-medicate and trying to just get through it but like at the end of it at the end of the day she's just like Everyone else, run. I got this. Yeah. Like, she knows how, like, hard it is to stop Michael. And yet, you know, that was her third movie. Like, standing against him. And she came out on top again. Um, my number two from the Alien yeah. franchise, I said Ellen yeah, Ripley. Yeah, this one almost made my list, and I said, you know what? I'll let I'll let you take care of that one because I knew that was gonna be the up up there for yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, up until recently, I loved the Alien franchise. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, recent events have tar- tarnished yeah. it a little. Um, like Alien vs. Predator and Alien vs. Predator Requiem, I still love those movies. Yeah, yeah. But like, the newest two, is it? Like Prometheus and the new Alien movie? Yeah. 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 I just, I can't get behind those. I don't mind Prometheus as a separate thing altogether, but... 
Like, honestly, I, I, I like Prometheus more than Covenant because Covenant was the one that tried to really blend Prometheus and Alien together, and I just, it doesn't work. It really yeah. doesn't. But, the let's, like, just take the first four Alien movies. Yeah. Alien, Aliens, Aliens 3, and Alien Resurrection. Yeah. Man. Like, I mean, the first one is iconic with the, like, whole, like, Ridley in, like, the mech-type suit, like, the loading yep. fucking thing. Like, the whole, like, stay away from her, you bitch type thing. Oh, that's that's the second one, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's just, like... Like, in some of these movies, you've got these badass, like dudes who are just like yeah I'm a fucking space soldier I ain't taking fucking shit from anybody and then you've got this woman who doesn't look imposing at all no and she's just like sit down little boy like watch me handle this and Alien Resurrection the scene where she like figures out like like she stumbles across all the clones and everything yeah and there's like the failed attempts at clones and they're just there suffering like that part that scene fucking hurts man like that's emotional like Sigourney Weaver is just oh I fucking like I kind of want to go binge watch the first four alien movies now, I could also this. be up for that, actually. That you you kind of yeah. got me feeling it now. Yeah. If I didn't already have three movies on my desk right now as my two-watch pile, I would definitely go binge yeah. them. Because I've got... Uh, Super. Dragon Ball Super Broly. And Constantine City of Demons there to watch right now. Good. And Super was loaned to me by a co-worker, so I kind of got to watch yeah, that soon yeah, and return it to them. But, um, my number one female hero in movies is Alicia Silverstone as Barbara Wilson slash Batgirl in Batman good and Robin. Ick. Nice. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. Okay. I put this in as a joke, but I just gotta mention, like, Barbara Gordon is Batgirl. But they had no way, uh, like, they were making her Alfred's niece instead of Jim Gordon's daughter. Because Jim Gordon's barely in these fucking movies. (laughs) So, instead of her being Barbara Gordon and then, like, just, I don't know, they just made her Barbara Wilson. Yep. Alfred's niece. They couldn't even make her Barbara Pennyworth. No. Like, why not? Fuck sakes. <laughs> oh, those goddamn movies. My real number one answer is Sidney Prescott from yeah, Scream. Yeah, that's kind of what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like the first one, she just like Sydney seems like the typical like last girl, like the final yeah. girl from like most 
slasher films and everything, like the Friday 13th series, Nightmare on Elm Street series, like, those movies always had, like, the final girl. Yeah, yeah. Like, at the end of the movie, there was one girl left, possibly a love interest or brother for her, but it was always the final girl who had the standoff with the killer. In the first one, Sydney is that final girl. Second one, she's, like... Like, at the end, she's the one who just, like, pops the killer at the end. Because she's just, like, you know, they, they come back. Yeah. She was the one who was kind of, like... Like, as the series progresses, you see her, like, less and less, like, I'm a victim. And more, like, you want me, come and get me. I just realized something. Your, t- your top three are all that character. Yeah. They're all the final girl from the first movie. Laurie Strode, Ellen Ripley, Sidney Prescott. In the, yep. And then they eventually, through the sequels, become those, okay, fuck this. You know, I'm not taking this shit anymore. Characters. Yeah. Well, I mean, look at Scream 3. Yeah. Like, Sydney is isolated. She's got, like, security set up around her house. She works from, like, a trauma center. Like, she just... Like, she's a over-the-phone counselor for people going through traumatic situations. And she's anonymous over the phone. Like, she, you know, has her little, like, alias. And then when the murders start up again, she gets one phone call from the killer. And she just, like fuck this and she just goes to where Dewey and Gale and all the murders are taking place and Dewey's like Sid like you were safe up there and she's just like A was I because the killer called me he found my number so he probably could have found my address B like this all has to do with me so I'm just gonna show up and deal with it I'm gonna handle this and she fucking does yeah. Also, shout out to Scream 3 for having Jan Silent Bob cameo. Yes. yes. <laughs> but, yeah. And then Scream 4 is just like... She's just like... She fires Alison Brie because Alison Brie is like... Oh my god, we could profit off this. And she's just like, you know what? Fuck you, we're done. I'm not profiting more off people suffering. And then, like, even at the end, like, one of the last lines in the movie, when she uses the defibrillator to take down the killer. Yep. One of the final lines is, don't fuck with the original. I was just like, oh my god, yes. Like, she's just, like, like, all throughout Scream 4, like, the police are nowhere to be found during one of the killing scenes. So she just runs headlong in there. And she's just like, I'm right here. You want me? Come and get me. Like, she, like, actually goes into the house where she knows the killer is. And she's just like, let's do this. Yep. And, like, Laurie Strode is setting traps for Michael Myers. Sydney Prescott is basically chasing after 
Ghostface. And I'm just like, man, like, she's got no fucking superpowers, no psychic abilities, like, nothing like that. She's just a woman who ain't taken any shit. She's like, I've been here before, I've come out on top, I can fucking do it again, try and stop me. That's a solid answer. Yeah. Yeah. Scream, Scream and Halloween are probably my two favorite movie franchises of all time yeah I, aside from the mcu i can see that yeah notice notice that and, not one of neither one of us took a single uh marvel or dc character yeah i was kind of avoiding it though i i i, I almost had a marvel character on my yeah. list but for me I couldn't make up my mind between uh, Black Widow, yeah, Gamora, yeah, or Nebula. Solid, yeah. Because Nebula starts off as a villain, yeah. but like we're leaving Endgame out of yeah. this. Yeah, absolutely. But by the end of Infinity War, she has fully jumped teams. Yes, yeah, she has. From when she's introduced in Guardians of the Galaxy, through Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, excuse me, into Infinity War, Nebula has fully, like, switched teams. Like, she is on the Avengers' side against Thanos. And, like, especially when she, like, finds out that, like, Thanos killed Gamora in Infinity War, she's just, like... Alright, nope. Yeah. And, like, I I kind of like Nebula more than Gamora, to be honest. Yeah, I can see that. If I was to put someone from the MCU down as an honorable mention, I'd probably say Nebula. Hmm. That That's a solid pick, honestly. Yeah. I mean, Scarlet Witch is cool, too, yeah. and Black Widow, but I think Nebula is probably my favorite. I don't know why, but, I mean, they're all solid choices. I think if I was going to take someone from the MCU, it would probably be uh, one of the women from Black Panther, uh, Shuri yeah. or Okoye. But, yeah, uh, I, I, I avoided the, the MCU and uh, just, just because of, like recency bias you know um but like marvel are doing some great things for women on screen no doubt about it yeah um anyway on that was fun um and important and on that note we're gonna take a short break um for a, a little ad read from our friends at podcoin um promise it won't be too long won't be too invasive on, on the podcast and then we'll be right back for more jedi dropouts hey everybody ryan here hope you're enjoying the new episode of jedi dropouts did you know you can actually get paid just for listening to our episodes i know it sounds like nonsense we don't even get paid and it's our podcast but it's true you can in fact make money just by listening to jedi dropouts through the new wonderful app podcoin 
Here's how it works. You listen to podcasts through the PodCoin app and earn points, or PodCoin, for listening. You can then redeem that PodCoin for gift cards from places like Amazon or Starbucks. Or, if you feel like being generous, you can donate that PodCoin to a variety of charities. All of this can be done straight through the PodCoin app, available on iPhone and Android. And conveniently enough, we have a nifty little promotional code just for our listeners. All you have to do is use the code Jedi Dropouts at sign up, and you'll receive an additional 300 PodCoin. I'll repeat that, promotional code Jedi Dropouts for 300 bonus PodCoin. That's right, you can finally get something back for putting up with listening to all our nonsense. I honestly put the Good Pizza seal of approval on this app. I use it for 100% of my podcast listening. The directory has just about any podcast you want, and I cannot recommend it enough. Go give the PodCoin app a try today. Now, back to the show. All right, we're back. Um, that was the first of hopefully many ad reads. Um, not too long. Not uh, no, you know, it wasn't too bad. Um, with our uh, our ad reads, um, just I'm just gonna explain it a little bit here from Podcoin. Uh, whenever we do an ad read, we get to stay as a featured. Uh, podcast on the app and the amount of listens and and just traffic we've gotten from that app alone it's it's insane it's like some of our best numbers um, so we're gonna keep that going we're not gonna let it interfere with the podcast itself too much um, don't want to change what we do you know what I mean yeah um, for sure anyway um, it is time, and this is probably the latest in an episode we've ever done this, but it is time for the Jedi Dropbits mailbag, finally. Like, well over an hour into the episode. Um, and once again, I slipped up, I fucked off a little, and I forgot to get some mailbag questions. Um, but thankfully, we had a backlog of mailbag questions, all from Matt Pike. Our good friend and and uh, uh, loyal listener. Um, so we have an all Matt Pike mailbag. <laughs> so enjoy. Um, and they're all all video game related. Funny enough. So uh, all we, right, we will get some video our f- game. Our first Matt bag question. Yeah. <laughs> Matt bag. Oh God. Yeah. Um. First one here is, what is the hardest level you've ever played in a game? Oh, God. It's tough, right? Um, yep. I got a couple answers wrote down here. Because um, I, had, I had to look up the, the names of these. So, uh, if I'm going with hardest level that I have, I have been unable to beat, I'm not going to... I'm not even going to go into that because I'm not great at video games, so that is a really long list. And some of those levels aren't even hard by, you know, most standards. So I went with hard levels that are, I, I thought were hard. Uh, it's, you know, universally accepted that they're hard, and I actually managed to beat, which I'm proud of. Um, so I went with Treetop Trouble from Cuphead. Because Cuphead is a pretty fucking hard game, but I'm not bad at it, weirdly enough. I'm not usually good with platformers, I'm not usually good with difficult games, but I get the knack of Cuphead somehow. 
Um, and it's mostly boss fights, so it was really slim pickings for a level in there. Um, but Treetop Trouble was one that gave me a lot of fucking, uh, a lot of issues. Um, and the other one, a very classic, uh, difficult level from a video game that I did manage to beat, uh, Turbo Tunnel from Battletoads. Um, oh my god. I love Battletoads. I used to play Battletoads so much as a kid. Um, yeah. I, I actually really enjoy Turbo Tunnel. It's really fun. I don't, like, I, I, I'm not saying that I have no trouble with it. It is fucking hard. But, um, I don't know. I enjoy it. I, that's, that's all I've got there. Do you have anything? Um, the original Ninja Turtles video game, that underwater level where you're swimming in the fucking electric fucking reeds or coral or whatever it is. Oh, yeah. Fuck. Yeah. That game is a little Shit nuts. is. Yeah, it's it's very hard. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That that is definitely my answer. Good call. Uh, this one is more of a recommendation than anything, but uh, he wants to know if we've ever heard of the hard rock band the Proto Men, whose music is based off the plot of Mega Man games, and if so, what are our opinions of them? Um, Never heard of, but definitely want to check out. I checked them out this morning, just so... This is the first I'm hearing of them, yeah. so... And I, I wasn't... I didn't think you had, just, so just in case you hadn't, I figured I would give them a listen just so, you know, it wasn't like, nope, never heard of them, then that was it, move along. Um, they're pretty good. They're... I don't know if they're really up your alley musically, even if the Mega Man is an obvious uh, mark for you. Yeah. Um... They're kind of, I don't know, how to, I don't know how to describe the the music. It's like it's sort of an operatic rock. It's it it's, it sounds like something you kind of hear on K rock maybe. Um, like I don't know, I, I kind of hear meatloaf vibes at times, but uh, they're good. They're really good and they're catchy, and they're a new band, but they don't sound from this era. They sound very much from the seventies or eighties. Um. But they're pretty cool. Uh, I will throw shout-outs here to local bands from Newfoundland that do similar things yes. in, in terms of video game music. Um, yep, I know where you're going with this. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, the long-running ones were the Cartridge family, of course. Yep. Uh, I don't know if they're... Are they still going? No idea. I, don't, I haven't heard of them in a while. If they are, check them out. They're fucking phenomenal. And the new guys in town are Retro Pulse. Um, Ooh, I haven't heard of Retro Pulse. They ju- I don't know if they just started recently. I saw they did a show with uh, Groots and Rockets, the Guardians of the Galaxy tribute band. Um, nice. Yeah, there's there's, there's some uh, some geeky bands in St. John's playing shows and retro pulse i i saw a video of them playing like the tetris theme that sounded pretty awesome um so yeah go check all those guys out there's uh if you're living in st john's or if you're going to be traveling to st john's there's a lot of geeky music going on that way a lot of geeky live bands um 
And the last question of this mailbag, this this mat bag, I guess. Um, and I love this question. He he says, if life was a video game, and babies saw a loading screen before they were born, which quick tips or hints would you leave for them? <laughs> I think this is a fucking great question. What, what's which load? Which tips would be in the loading screen before babies are born? Yeah. So finally, finally, this far into our mailbag, someone is asking for life advice. Life advice. Um. Um. What's the one that they have in South Park? In the South Park, the game, uh, or yeah. Ah, uh, shit, I don't remember. Hold on, I'm Googling. Here we go. I'm pulling it up now. Just waiting for it to load. If you're having trouble winning in combat, try getting better at the game. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um yeah. <laughs> um I saw one um when I was scrolling through Facebook while I was um getting set up this morning and I almost stole it as a Facebook status and it just said Life is about making an impact, not an income. That's pretty good. Yeah, so oh, that would be a good one. Just basically, like, you know, don't work your life away. Like, life's about more than just making money and stuff like that. That That's kind of what it would be, like. Also, like, a big one, don't be a racist piece of shit. <laughs> that's a good one, too. I mean, it, it kind of needs to be said. Yeah, it does. It shouldn't need to be said, but yeah, these days it kind of does. Like, yeah. Um, I got three pieces of very important life advice that I think can really just be used in, in most scenarios. And, and if I was going to leave quick tips or hints, these are the three that I would choose. Don't you put it in your mouth. That that's that's a good one too. <laughs> <laughs> I can put my arm back on, but you can't. Um, <laughs> uh, crack is whack. No. Nope. Yep. Yep. Uh, skip the prequels. And yep. uh, lastly, most importantly, never trust a Nigerian prince. And uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't think there's any situation you can run into in life in which one of those three uh, pieces of advice would not apply. Uh, yeah. Not one. Don't eat yellow snow. Don't eat yellow snow is a good one. That is a very important one. We, Learn that the hard way. Yep. Between the two of us, we're going to have a very uh, a vast array of um, loading screen tips. So it won't be the same ones repeated all, all the time. Like, don't you hate that when you just see the same one every time you, you reach a loading screen? You want a good variety. Yep. 
So You do. Yeah. We'll make a book out of these one day. <laughs> we should probably get working on that. The Jedi, because... dro- the Jedi Dropout's loading screen life tips. Yeah. Trademarked. Trademarked. You can... Yep. Loading screen life tips. Trademarked. Our new oh. book that we are working on. Yep. Matt, you don't as get... of Matt, you get no as of credit twenty minutes. Yeah. yeah, twenty minutes after recording, we are starting work on this. Yep. Yep. Matt, you'll get a you'll get a thanks. You'll get, you'll get absolutely no royalties, and just like a a quick thanks in the in the liner notes. Um. <laughs> I'll sign your copy. <laughs> It half. might not be with my own. It might not be with my own name, but I will sign it for half price. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so we got one more thing to get to before we end this episode and immediately record. Your friend, one. Krusty the Clown. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay. Um, the last thing we're gonna do. In this episode. Oh, by the way, thanks, Matt, for all those awesome mailbag questions. Uh, I guess we're gonna have to put a call out for more questions, and uh, yeah, hopefully, I remember to actually do it this time. Um, so we got some stuff to review. Uh, I got a couple little things. You saw a few movies. Yep. Uh, I'm gonna run through mine first, and then we can end on yours. Uh, yeah, mine are funny enough from three different subscription services which I am subscribed to. Um, I think I told you the other night about how I have found myself subscribed to Netflix, Amazon Prime Video, and Crave all of a sudden. Um, so I'm gonna run through those, um, and I'll I'll explain how I I got subscribed to those in the process, I guess. So Netflix, I mean, everybody has Netflix or knows somebody with Netflix. You, you basically, you're more likely to have access to a Netflix account than you are to have clean water these days, apparently. Um, not to get too political, but it's true. Um, and there's a new Netflix comedy series that just released, I think, uh, last, last week, maybe? Um... It's called I Think You Should Leave with Tim Robinson. Have you heard of this? No. Yeah, I, I saw it. I scrolled past it on Netflix and I said, okay, whatever that is, I don't know. And then I saw some people talking about how it's the hardest they've laughed at something in a very long time. So I said, okay, I'll, I'll check it out. It's six episodes. Each one of them is under 20 minutes. It's a very, very quick watch. And... I will like it's not consistently funny. Some some of the it's it's a sketch comedy, and some of the sketches are, I don't know, they're, they're hit or miss. But when they hit, like, I swear I laughed harder than I have in a very long time. Like laughing so hard I'm crying. It is absolutely ridiculous, um, and the whole the the whole idea is. Every single sketch is basically, it ends with someone either having to leave out of frustration or awkwardness or wanting to leave. It's basically like the whole idea is just um, making people so uncomfortable or annoyed 
that they have to leave. And that sounds like a, a premise that would run thin pretty quickly, but oh my god, it is good. Um, some of the cameos in this are like Stephen Yun, uh, Will Forte, Tim Heidecker. Nice. And, and the main guy, uh, Tim Robinson, very, very funny. Uh, first time I've ever encountered him, but he is, he's a very, very funny guy. Um... And I'll score it. Yeah, I'll score it. Why not? Um, that first season. I'll, I'd go with like maybe six and a crust on the good pizza scale. And I guess in case someone is listening that hasn't encountered a good pizza scale before, if you're a new listener, uh, we like to score movies, TV shows, video games on our good pizza scale. TM, trademark that. Um, yep. And uh, it's out of a total of eight slices. Um so we, and we like to throw in the crust sometimes because why not? So six and a crust out of eight. Um, the crust, the crust equals the point five. Yeah, essentially, right? It's, um, it's a, it's a really fucking weird way to score things, but um, it works. Uh, the second thing I have to review here is from Amazon Prime Video, which. I honestly only have because Charlotte has Amazon Prime because Amazon is weirdly giving her a student price even though she's not a student and so fuck it why not um, and it is the new Donald Glover movie Guava Island which is it's really hard to explain what this movie is it's a musical comedy drama of some sort um, it's 55 minutes long, which is like the length of some TV show episodes these days, or shorter. Um, it stars Donald Glover, Rihanna, Letitia Wright from Black Panther, um, and it basically is set on this little island, Guava Island, of course, and it's Donald Glover playing this local musician who's trying to bring joy or happiness to this place that is run by... Um, it's run by this sort of militarized like dictatorship um, and Donald Glover is basically like a black Gene Kelly in this movie if you've ever watched an old Gene Kelly movie like An American in Paris or Singing in the Rain or something um, and it's got a bunch of childish Gambino music in it some of it is unreleased new music some of it I mean uh, he manages to fit This Is America in there in like this really cool new uh, rendition of the song um, it's charming I mean Donald Glover and Rihanna are charming as fuck uh, it's funny it's romantic it's scary at times it's sad it, it could make you cry it'll make you laugh um, it's directed by Hiro Mirai who if if Hiro Mirai doesn't get to direct a like a feature length uh, Hollywood movie soon I'll I'm going to lose it. I need a Hero Mirai movie. This guy, um, he is the main director be behind the TV show Atlanta. He did the This Is America music video. He did this movie. All, you know, most mostly uh, Donald Glover stuff. Um, but yeah, like, this was a really fucking good movie. Like, way better than I expected it. Um... 
and I will score this a 7 out of crust. It is that good. I love this movie. Nice. And lastly, I don't have a score for this one because it's unfinished, but I gotta mention that Game of Thrones is back. Season 8 is three episodes in, and holy shit, it is unbelievable. Um, the night that it premiered, I thought I was going to have to find other means to get to it because I wasn't sure how to legally watch it in Canada, and uh, found out that if you subscribe to Crave and then add on the HBO bonus pack, then you can watch it live, or you can download it offline and watch it whenever. So now I get to watch Game of Thrones live every Sunday night, and it's fucking awesome. Um, three episodes in, I won't spoil a thing because it's filled with spoilers, but the first episode was just like a bunch of really satisfying reunions. Characters that haven't seen each other since season one, way back in 2011, are meeting again for the first time. Um, some of them even family members. The second episode is... The the entire episode is just preparing for the, a war. And you have all of these characters that you've grown to love preparing for their inevitable death. And it's basically like a bunch of... Like, really heart-wrenching scenes. Maybe the best episode of the show yet. Um, and the third was the longest battle scene ever recorded in movie or TV. Wow. Yeah, it was an hour and... I think it was like an hour and 20-minute episode. And the whole thing was a battle scene. And Jesus. It was fucking incredible. I was on the edge of my seat. I nearly cried a few times. I, I didn't shed a tear, but I came very, very close. But I think most of that was due to this was like the day after I watched Endgame, so you know I was kind of, I was kind of desensitized a little bit. Um, yeah. But holy shit, what an episode! Uh, a lot of people are are pissed about the the way it ended, but I personally loved it. I actually was at work when I got to finish it, and uh, when the big conclusion came in the end of the episode, I I jumped out of my chair. I was that excited. It was I could not have predicted it better. It was fucking uh, amazing. Um, and if you're not watching Game of Thrones, like I I can't recommend this show enough. I know you haven't seen any yet, but. Yeah. I, f I feel like it's got to be on the list for you sometime, man. I know uh, I know you're not like as big into fantasy as you are a, a lot of other things, but just for have just for like for the f for the the pure fact of like the insane size of this cast, everybody can tune into the show and find a character that they can sort of attach themselves to and root for. And, man, oh, God, this fucking show. Anyway, when, when the season ends, I'll, I'll give it a, a proper score and whatnot. Um, yeah, that's, that's it. I could go on about Game of Thrones for a lot longer, but holy shit. Um, so you saw some movies. 
Uh, I saw I saw movies. Yes. A couple. Yep. Uh, how many movies have I seen since the last time we reviewed? Um, that's a good. Not question. not counting Endgame. Not counting Endgame because that'll be the next episode. But um, if I am not mistaken, our last episode was was uh, Captain Marvel. Uh, yeah, definitely seen us. Yep. Um. Shazam. Yes. I think those are the big two, right? I don't. You didn't get a chance to see. I, Pet think, th- I think those are really the only two. You didn't see Pet Cemetery or Hellboy, right? No, I didn't get okay. a chance. So yeah, those are the two. Um. And and tread lightly on us because I do not want anything. I want nothing on this movie. Okay. Well. I'll start with us then and get that out of the way. Okay. I loved this fucking movie. Loved it. Yeah. I thought it was better than Get Out, which is very high praise. That is a bold fucking claim, but I love it. Like, am I going to say that everyone who sees it will think it's better than Get Out? No. But I liked it more than Get Out. Like, there was... There was one part in this movie where, just, like, watching it, I felt anxious. Oh, yeah. Like, just something about it just made me feel uncomfortable and anxious, which is what I want in these kinds of movies. Yeah, for sure. Like, if a horror movie or a thriller or a suspense movie doesn't, like, give you that feeling, like, you know, need to try a bit harder. That That's... That's the big thing that I loved about Hereditary, because Hereditary made me feel anxious and and claustrophobic and things that I don't normally feel. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, the main cast of this movie is very minimalist. Yeah. And that's another thing I like about movies like this. Like, like you can have these big ensemble movies with these huge massive casts like Infinity War or Endgame but some of my favorite movies are movies with a very small cast yeah I agree um I know like Strangers Pray at Night like isn't the best reviewed movie but I I thoroughly enjoyed that movie and the cast for that movie is only like a dozen people. Yeah. Like, movies don't need to have huge casts. No. No. I mean, Shaun of the Dead, my favorite movie of all time. Unless you count the zombies, obviously, the extras. You've only yeah. really got, like, you know, I'd say less than a dozen characters that really get a lot of lines. Yeah. And the main, um, the main cast being closer to half a dozen, really. Like, there's a nice few extras yeah. in certain scenes in oh, this yeah, movie. for sure. But the, the actual cast, like, characters whose names you get to know, is quite small. Nice. Um, I definitely would like to talk about this movie again after you've seen it so we can 
try and like piece together some of symbolism in the movie and talk about like the social commentary and stuff. Well, let's be real. This is making it on either one of or both of our year-end lists. Yeah. Not to mention we can I don't know, we can dive into it in October at some point anyway, right? Like there's there's lots of lots of chances for us to dive into this. Oh my god, yes. And maybe when I see it I'll be too excited to not talk about it in the episode anyway, so. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. There were there were a few things that like I didn't understand about the movie. Like maybe I just missed something. Maybe they were explained and I just didn't pick up on it. But they weren't things that affected the plot of the movie or anything. It was just like a scattered detail here and there. Yeah. That I was just kind of like when it was on screen, I just picked up on it. And I was just kind of like, oh, I hope they explained that little detail. But they didn't, to my knowledge. Okay. But, again, it's it's nothing that makes or breaks the movie. It's just, you know, yeah, one of those things that I was just curious about as the movie went on that I was like, oh, I was kind of hoping that they would explain it, but they didn't. That's cool. Um, other than that, I'm not really going to say too much about the movie because, I mean, spoilers and shit for you. Yeah. Yep, I, but, I really want to hear as little as possible here. <laughs> I thought the casting was really good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just... I love this movie, and I can't wait to hear what you think about it. I'm really excited. It, it's the movie I'm easily the most excited to see this year. Yeah. Which is saying something in a year with a new Star Wars and Avengers movie. Yeah, that that's pretty that's pretty bold. Honestly, man, at this point, like, Get Out is one of my favorite horror movies of all time. Yeah, I've lost count of how many times I've seen it. Right? And if you haven't watched it with the audio commentary, man, I do recommend that. Jordan Peele breaks down that movie. And explains so much, so like so much stuff I didn't catch in rewatches. Yeah, I I haven't watched it with commentary. Real good. Gonna um, have to check that out. Do you have? A, do you want to score this on the good pizza scale? Uh, now I can't remember what I gave. Uh, get out. I don't think you ever formally did score Get Out on the Good Pizza scale, just because. Uh, well, we hadn't started the podcast when that movie came out. Okay. And I don't think we came up with the Good Pizza scale until after a lot of our talk of Get Out, anyway. Well, that's convenient. Yeah. Um. If I had to score it right now off the top of my head, I'd probably give it seven, maybe seven and across. No, definitely seven. I'd give it seven. Okay. Which is still 
7 out of 8 is a fucking great score. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for me, Get Out on its own is a straight up 8 out of 8. I, okay. Like, that's a... It really is. Like, when I try and think of my favorite horror movies of all time, that's, that's top 5 for me. Anyway. Um... So, on the other end of things, you also saw Shazam. Yeah, and on the other end of things would definitely be a good way to start that. Yeah, and... Because I didn't... I don't know, I didn't hate this movie, but I had I had problems with it. Yeah. Which I, like, didn't, I didn't really expect... That's not the not the reaction I expected out of it. No. Um, I'm assuming I'm allowed to go a bit more into spoiler territory with this one. Yeah, I mean, you know, like I've I've heard a couple little things. Um, I maybe put a spoiler warning on some stuff here. If you're gonna go into some of the stuff, I think you might. There's a a cameo I heard about. There's a. Um, I think like a post-credit scene, and as well as something else that comes about in the movie that I don't think people are like anyone who hasn't seen it probably wouldn't expect. Okay, so we'll throw out a spoiler warning right now. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. Yeah. Um, you don't want big blink to be spoiler. <laughs> big blinking lights, yeah. screaming spoiler. Yeah. Just in case of anything that comes up right now. Uh, okay. Um, overall, like, it wasn't a bad movie. I didn't hate it, but, like I said, I had a lot of issues with it. Um, like, it seemed to focus way too hard on, like, the lighthearted stuff, like, the funny stuff. Yeah. Like, it, it seemed like, to me anyway, that it was trying to be, like, like, people complained about how dark the tone of some DC stuff was. So it seemed like it was trying to go too far the other way. Okay. And, like, it seemed like it was trying to recreate a bit of Deadpool success to me. Yeah, I kind of got that idea from the trailer. Um... I put, speaking of the trailer, like, there was a thing that in the movie bothered me that I pointed out in a trailer for it the other day. Yeah. To you. Yeah. Like, the scene where the bus falls off the overpass, and, like, it's hanging there for a few seconds, and a few passengers fall from, like, midway, the back of the bus, land on the windshield, windshield's cracking... And then the bus completely falls off the overpass, and he catches it with two completely straight arms, his hands planted on the windshield. Like, how does the windshield not break? And then he doesn't drop the bus lightly. No. Like, that would, like, the force in which he put the bus down definitely would have gave a couple people some whiplash. Um... 
there's a scene like during the big fight at the end he's like fighting the big bad of the movie and they're like in the sky fighting and flying and shit and they're fucking a little bit of distance apart and this is supposed to be like the big tense fight and like Mark Strong starts doing his supervillain monologue and then uh, Shazam is just like are you monologuing? you're too far away I can't hear you and it's like cutting back and forth between Mark Strong like delivering a supervillain monologue and Shazam being like I can't hear you you're too far away what are you saying? Are you monologuing? And it's just like cutting back and forth and it's just kind of like it like it really put a damper on the tone of the scene. Okay. Because like the movie had like a bunch of really lighthearted scenes and stuff like that and it was like you know it had silly moments and stuff like that and then like we get to this fight scene that's like it's a bit more serious at that time and then like just throw this kind of like silly moment right in the middle of it it just kind of the tone just kind of like took a like hard turn yeah and for a movie that focused so much on like shit just being light when it finally got serious at that point like like I get during the uh, big fight scene in Deadpool, for example, like there's still funny moments. Yeah. But that's fucking Deadpool. Yeah, it's hard to get the balance right because what comes to my mind too is um, the first Guardians movie. Yes. With the dance, the dance off bit. But yeah. Like, I don't know. And like, that's that's basically like the kind of thing it took like that hard turn but like I found that in Shazam it missed its mark yeah Hmm. it I don't know and like Shazam itself is an acronym yeah like he's got the like the first letter in Shazam, the S is for the wisdom of Solomon. Okay. And, because, like, you know, he has the wisdom of Solomon, the strength of Hercules, like the, you know, st- stamina of Atlas. Yeah. But the first fucking letter is for the wisdom of Solomon. So he's supposed to be wise. And then, like, a lot of this movie is spent like it's as if you just put the teenager in the super body like gotcha like the whole reason that boss goes off the overpass is because he's up by like the rocky memorial and he's just busking by being like Hey, look at me. I'm a superhero and toss money in this hat to watch me shoot lightning out of my fingers. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And he's just like, he's got a song playing and he's like, 
I'm I, like trying to recall. I can't remember if it's Eye of the Tiger or not. Or if it's like fucking Thunderstruck or something stupid. Yeah. But he's just like, lightning, lightning, lightning. And one of his foster siblings is just like, dude, you're being an idiot right now. Like, you have this amazing gift and you're wasting it just to, you know, make some money busking. Yeah. And he's just like, you're just jealous because you can't shoot lightning. And he shoots like big fucking, like an extra big lightning bolt. And that's what fucking causes the boss to crash and go off the overpass that he then needs to rescue. Of course. And he's just, like, got this cocky chick on his shoulder, like, I'm a superhero. I'm a superhero. For, like, so much of the movie. And it's just like, where is this wisdom supposed to be? Yeah. Hmm. It, it just basically seems like... Like, pretty much all the movie just, like... You have a teenager in Superman's body, basically. Yeah. Like, just... He's immature and just, like... Yeah, he saves the day at the end and he learns a lesson and... But... I don't know. I felt like they completely missed a mark with this one. Hmm. Like... When I found out that they were making a Shazam movie... I was excited... Yeah, you were really like, I, excited. I was hyped. Too. Yeah, but I don't know. After watching the movie, it's like in the bottom three of the DCEU for me. Wow. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, and I was excited going into it, but then like some of the scenes in this movie just started making me a bit cynical. And then, like, there'd be one scene that would just hit me as being dumb. And then I just kind of, like, it would sour my mood a little bit. And then, like, I was just getting more and more nitpicky as the movie went on. Just being, like, and then something else would make my mood even more sour. And I'd just be like, ugh. I was, like, rolling my eyes at certain parts of the movie. And I was just like, like, there was still some stuff after that that I was like, oh, cool. But then, I don't know. Yeah. It just didn't hit home for me. Mm. Oh, well. Yeah, I... I don't know. It, I'd definitely say, like, go watch it. But... Like, don't... Don't have too high hopes for it. Yeah. It wasn't really at the top of my list anyway. Um, and and maybe I'll end up liking it more than you just because I won't have that di- that potential for disappointment factor. Yeah. Which is fair. Yeah. But uh, I guess I guess we'll find out when I do get a chance to watch it. Um, yeah. Yeah, anything else to touch on there with Shazam or not really. Um, the post. Well, actually, yeah. I'll mention the post credit scene. Yeah. Like, there were some comparisons in the movie between Shazam and Superman. Yes. And like, there are people wearing Superman shirts and stuff like that because you know it's supposed to be in the same universe as the rest of 
the DCEU. With like Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman. You know, there's multiple references to them all. Like people wearing Aquaman shirts and talking about batarangs. And here's a bullet that, you know, is flattened out from hitting Superman's chest and stuff like that. And so, like they mentioned Superman. And then during the post credit scene... Shazam in superhero form shows up to the school that all the kids in the movie go to during lunch and he's like hey look at me I'm I'm the superhero around here that everyone knows and that kid sat over there who's been getting bullied is my best friend and everyone's like oh my god and then he's just like and I brought someone else with me and a Superman that is not visible from the shoulders up oh. walks into the frame. Really? That's how they did it? Yeah, no face. So you don't actually see Henry Cavill? No. Uh, I didn't know that. Huh. Yeah, it, it was just like from waist to shoulder. How did nobody mention that in the spoilers that I read? Because I just straight up read what happens and... All people said was that, wow, Superman showed up. And I was here thinking, really? I didn't ever expect Henry Cavill to get in costume again. And I guess he didn't. No. Wow. And what? whoever it was, like... Okay, you watched the Superman movies. Man of Steel, Batman vs. Superman, Justice League. Yeah. Um, Henry Cavill's very wide. Yes, he is. Like... His shoulders are wide. He's got massive lats. Yeah, he's a he's a broad man. Yeah, he's got that big V shape to his body. Yeah. And whoever they had in costume for Superman for this didn't have quite the same build. That's interesting. Like, it, it was still like, you know, it wasn't like scrawny or out of shape or anything like that, but it wasn't the same build. And there were certain points where, like, there was no scene where it showed Zachary Levi or Levy or whatever his last name is out of the Shazam costume. Because when he says Shazam and turns from Billy to, you know, superhero, he's just, whatever he's wearing, he's just automatically in that suit, right? Yeah. So, it never shows him at a costume, so it never shows what kind of physique he has, but there's points in that movie where it looks like the suit is padded. Oh, really? Like, to me, anyway, it looks like he's... It looks like he's just your average tall man wearing one of those, like, Walmart suits that you get around Halloween with, like, the start... With, like, the foam muscles in it. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's how it looks to me at certain points in this movie. Hmm. Like, he looks like he's wearing an inflatable suit. Jesus. I don't know. Yeah. It's just... Yeah, the best I can give this movie right now with my current opinion on it is... Four slices. Oh, wow. 
four slices. Yeah. That's rough. Yeah. I I don't know. Like you know me when it comes to superhero movies in theaters. Like I like two days after we're recording this, I'm going to see Endgame for a third time. I went once with my friend Steph. I went once with you, and I'm going once with Emily because we're finally getting a day off together. Yeah, yeah. Deadpool, I saw three or four times in theaters, the first one. Yeah. Um, Like, it's not unusual for me to go see these types of movies multiple times in theaters. not at all. And Shazam, I, like, honestly, if someone asked me to go because they were like, Hey, I know you've already seen it, but like I'm going tonight. Do you want to go? I probably would have said no. Like I, I'll hang out like before or after the movie. Wow. Yeah, I didn't feel like it was worth my money to like go see it a second time. And you're generally more forgiving than most with DC movies. Yeah. So, it's funny though because it's getting pretty good reviews, isn't it? Yeah, for the most part. Yeah. Interesting. I don't know. Mark Strong was a decent villain, even though like I knew nothing about the character. Yeah. Mark Strong's usually pretty good anyway. Yeah. And, I mean, like, since we're getting into spoilers, there was the scene at the very end where, like, he imbues his foster siblings with, you know, his powers. Yep. And for some reason, they had actors and actresses that I wasn't familiar with for the most part, except the one kid who, you know, the one with the crutches who was in It. Yeah. Um, turns into Adam Brody. Adam Brody, really? Yeah, he was the only recognizable one there. That's funny. Yeah, and I'm just like, why would they have Adam Brody who, like... You're gonna wreck like he's a recognizable face. Yeah. Like the OC and everything like that. Like people know who he is, even if they don't know his name. Like when he pops up, they're gonna be like, "Oh, that guy." And then a bunch of people like, like he was the first one they focused on, and then the rest of them after that, I was like thinking like, "Oh, it'd be cool if they got like a bunch of big names." to play these characters yeah like you know the foster siblings all turn into superheroes for like the last like little bit of the movie it's a very short thing it'd be a perfect opportunity to have some cameos yeah but the only one they had was Adam Brody that must mean that they're gonna do another and he's gonna get a bigger role maybe I would imagine that would be my thoughts on it Yeah. I mean, it's possible, but I don't know. Yeah. So, that's Shazam, and that is yeah. uh, a cap on our first of two episodes today. Yes. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to release them, I think, at the same time as well, depending on how long mixing tape takes. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll just have this one up a couple days before the other. Um, yeah. You know. Um, anyway, uh, thanks for listening. 
As always, uh, you can check out other episodes of Jedi Dropouts, Final Form, and whatever else we do over at www.jedidropouts.podbean.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Um, if you haven't already, go check out the Podcoin app. Um, it is my favorite place to listen to not just Jedi Dropouts, but any podcast. You, as you, as I mentioned in the ad earlier, you know you can. You can get gift cards. You can make charity donations based on that. And I know that I've been harping on Podcoin a little bit, but I love it. I personally use it every single day, and that is not a lie. Um, and uh, I noticed a, a couple, at least a couple listeners that I'm familiar with, I've seen hop on the Podcoin app because I can, I can see them on there as followers and as listeners, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, make sure to check out our T Public as well. Uh, you get yourself some Jedi Dropouts merch. Loving all the pictures that are coming in, people wearing their Jedi Dropouts T-shirts. Uh, I have a couple from like last week or so that I still haven't posted. I'm going to post those on the Instagram today. I am very slack, and I apologize for that. Um, and uh, yeah. Uh, I guess that is it. Uh, anything I'm forgetting here? Any more business? Not to take that I can of? think of. Nah. Okay. Uh, thanks for dropping by. And something, something. Drop out. Later. Peace.